Well, hello everybody. Welcome to episode 26. It is the Baggies broadcast. I'm your host this week, Nathan Judah. I'm here with West Brom reporter, Mr. Matt Wilson. And Matt, incredible scenes for the second week running. This could be a pretty positive podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like you say, incredible scenes right at the end of the game. Arbin did to Liverpool what countless other teams have done to them this season. Um, And, you know, stunned them in the last 15 minutes. Back from 2-0 down, it looked like it was dead and buried. Yeah. And uh, yeah, really remarkable end to the to the game. And the drama didn't didn't finish at the full-time whistle. It continued into the press box. So good day all round. Absolutely. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Four points from the last two games. Winning at Old Trafford. Draw against Liverpool. That's Champions League form if you spread it across the whole <laughs> season. Um, is this a bonus? Is it, is, it, is it good? Or is it something that's so frustrating at the same time? Because you look at what... You know the squad and the quality there, and that they can do and get results like this, and yet this season's obviously, obviously, you know, nearly finished now. Yeah, there's two ways of looking at it, isn't it? Either one, it's a positive end to what's been a, a dreadful season, um, or you could argue it is an incredibly frustrating end and, a, and an indictment on the board's decision not to to get rid of Pardew earlier, when actually um, there was still something to play for, and I think they did accept their fate far too early. You know, if you look at how poor uh, some of the other teams are down there, Stoke and Southampton and Swansea, and even Huddersfield to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. You know, Albion could have could have caught them had they acted sooner. Um, so, do you think that's just down to sacking the manager and bringing someone else in, or have the players got to take a lot more responsibility? Players have to take responsibility, yes. But then you speak to former players about this, and they say, "Look, it it does matter. It really matters who the manager is, and it really matters what they're telling you to do." Um, and you know, m- momentum and team spirit are the two key things in football, aren't they? You know, especially at the top end of the of the game, where actually, okay, at the very top, you know, obviously people like Salah and De Bruyne can do remarkable things with the ball, but actually at the elite level, it's it's all, it's a lot of it's in the mind. Mm. Um, so, look, I, I I understand people have those frustrations, but I do I do wonder if actually the acceptance of their face and the acceptance of going down might might have played a part in these results because. Yeah. The pressure's off now. Mm-hmm. You know they're they're not really fighting for survival. They're just they're playing with a bit more freedom, um, and they're playing with a bit more freedom not only because they think they're going down, but also because they've got Darren Moore there, who is a, a you know a very bubbly, confidence-building character. So I think it's all a number of factors, really. Yes, anybody but Pardew probably um, would have got a reaction out of these out of this team. But yes, Darren Moore deserves some credit for doing that. And I think the reason that they've gone three games unbeaten is because of him as well as the fact that it's anybody but Pardew. But there's also that fact that they've accepted their fate and they are playing for a bit of pride now. And actually, the pressure isn't really on them. Um, no one expects them to get anything from Manchester United. I suppose few people really expect them to get anything from Liverpool. Especially when you saw the starting lineup, it's pretty. Strong. Especially when you saw Liverpool starting lineup and you saw Salah and you know other big name players like Van Dijk on their team. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. so I think it's I think there's a number of factors at play here, um, and I understand the frustrations. And yes, the board should have acted sooner, but I also think you know it's a lose lose situation in some way for the players because if they keep losing, then that's worse than winning. You know, you want them to win eventually, don't you? Of course, you? Yeah. So actually, this is this is a positive. I think we should see this as a positive. Um, and, you know, 
I've actually Darren's been asked about this. You know, is this so frustrating that it's come so late? It's too little, too late. Mm. And he said, look, we can't really talk about what's happened before. Mm. We've just got to look to the future now because what's gone is gone. And there is an element to that. Um, all being said, you know, the decision to keep Pardew. I mean, as the weeks go on, yeah. it just looks like an absolute catastrophic decision yeah. that has cost the team their, their status in the Premier League. Absolutely. I mean, you, was it James McLean last week, damning words, saying we knew what we were doing. I mean, if that doesn't say everything that, that everybody else is thinking, then I don't know what does. I mean, they had a they had a plan, obviously. Darren Moore's got a plan now, and they're sticking to it, and it looks like it's working. Oh, under Pardew, they would have lost that game 4-0. They, wow. they would have crumbled. Salah's second goal going mm-hmm. in, you know, they would have fought for the first half. The yeah. first half and yeah. when, Salah, when Salah's second goal went in, they would have crumbled, and heads would have dropped, and mm-hmm. shoulders would have drooped, and, that, and I'm sure Liverpool would have scored a couple more in the last 10 minutes. So, yeah, yeah there's a newfound resilience now under, under Moore, a newfound belief as well. Um, that they can get something from the game, but part of that is actually the fans as well, who were fantastic on on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And you know, Jake Livermore said after the game, they they dragged us in back into that game because they kept fighting yeah. and they kept singing and they weren't they didn't there wasn't a toxic atmosphere. And mm-hmm. it's amazing how important that is. And that but that is Darren Moore's unifying character because yeah. they're they're all behind him. Yeah, the fans. Um, and even when they went two two nil down, they were still behind him. Mm-hmm. So. It's it's remarkable how how much one the one character can do, you know, bringing all these people together, and you know, I understand a lot of people want now are saying he's got to be a contender for the job. I've got my own opinions on why he on why he shouldn't get the full time job, but he has to be a part of the coaching staff mm-hmm. next year. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, he's got to stay on, um, and we've got to try and keep him and groom him for that job in the future. How good is Mo Salah? I mean, PFA Player of the Year. Uh, you've seen quite a lot of him this year. I haven't seen too much of him. From what you've seen on Saturday, I mean, Hagazi, I know he scored, but he's done a decent job on him, hasn't he? Well, from what I've seen, the PFA Player of the Year should be Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, for be- sure. Because when when we went to Man City, uh, he was unbelievable in that game. Was he? Um, Salah, fantastic goal on Saturday. Mm. So clinical. Brilliant. But... It was one he didn't really do much apart from that. Yeah, Agassi kept him quiet in the first two games, but he was really poor on Saturday. Was he? Yeah, he didn't have a good game. He was out of position a lot. Um, Craig Dawson had a, had a fantastic game alongside him, and he really knitted that back line together. Um, but Agassi was going wandering. He lost his temper. You know, he, he slapped Salah in the face mm. um, inadvertently, and he punched Danny Ings. And, he, and you know, he's facing an FA investigation into that now. We'll find out a bit more about that later. Um, on today so Higazi didn't really play well um, and I think actually Salah fantastic 41 goals a season mm. I mean you can understand why he's been given to him but for me De Bruyne is the complete player yeah absolutely um, and like you say he spilled into the press box afterwards and uh, Mr Jurgen Klopp pretty salty yeah absolutely is that, that's what the kids are saying isn't it I, I mean in, so it, apparently so I don't I see in my day it was bitter or, <laughs> yeah. or maybe sour but yes sour yeah but no, apparently it's salty that, now. That, that's the in word apparently in 2018 salty salty, salty. yeah okay um, but it means the same thing I, apparently so he's a sore loser isn't he basically yeah. and he, he's been like this he is like this when they lose he, he does do this Jurgen Klopp and it goes under the radar yeah um, it's getting a bit it's get, got a bit more traction this year actually because um, there was that uh, incident with the uh, was it the BBC reporter where he he, um, he was quite uh, salty as the kids say yeah. I can't remember what exactly what happened there I can't remember what the question was but he, mm-hmm. he, he reacted badly to that 
Um, yeah, his comments were, were ridiculous. I yeah. mean, for him to blame the dry pitch on his team conceding two set-piece goals that <laughs> were floated in the air yeah. is, is, is ridiculous. And it's home advantage anyway. What's, mm-hmm. What is the, you know, what does he want? Does he want Liverpool to have half the stadium as right. well? It's an absolute joke. It's a farce and it's disrespectful to Albion as a club, who are founding members of the Football League, lest we forget. Yeah. The fact that he said it was a useless point for West Brom is despicable. If Albion had won that game, mm-hmm. they'd be six points behind Swansea. Yeah, okay, one. maybe they're still going to go down. But they're not. their relegation isn't confirmed no, yet. Absolutely not. And even if it had been confirmed by now, Klopp can't say that. You've still got to win the game. You can't just expect to show up and win a game mm-hmm. against that Albion. And the problem for him is that he can't win games against Albion because I think he's only won two out of his seven games wow. against West Brom mm-hmm. since he arrived at Liverpool. So he's obviously a sore loser. He obviously, the Albion are obviously a thorn in his side yeah. that he can't seem to shake. And just because they threat from set set plays and he, he can't seem to deal with that because mm-hmm. at, in, the, in that last goal... They had Rob, Roberto Firmino, all five foot six of him, marking Solomon Rondon, Albion's best header on the ball. Right. Or maybe behind Craig Dawson. You know, that's nothing to do with the mm-hmm. state of the pitch. That's to do with your lack of organisation and, yeah. and, these, and these weaknesses that haven't been addressed in their team. I thought it was despicable and, you know, in, in some ways it was hilarious because it would just mm-hmm. prove that Albion got to him. And um, it's nice that because... So many teams have got to Albion this season. It's nice that we've got to them. And three, I mean, they're Europe, you know they're playing the Champions League semi-final on Tuesday, and they played three games against uh, the Albion this season and haven't beaten them. So yeah. look, it's it's a it's a it's a positive in a poor season. But mm-hmm. yeah, Klopp's yeah, sentiments were insane. And the fact is, he even said I wouldn't have mentioned the pitch had we won. So he's just admitting he's been a sore loser. It's it's insane. I mean, it's almost as bad as the the Liverpool fan on Twitter who uh, when I when I put a tweet out saying Klopp's a sore loser responded saying stop spreading hate oh god so I'm not entirely I'm not entirely sure how I'm spreading hate but there we go so <laughs> I'll, I'll wait for Twitter to uh, you know get the uh, wait to, to wait, ban wait. me or something yeah, for sp- spreading hate obviously. wait till someone tags you into hashtag LFC or something like that and you'll, you'll get plenty more yeah I didn't through, bother I, I didn't bother hashtag <laughs> no, sometimes no. it's not worth it <laughs> no, you're right you're right it's just oh god you, the amount of abuse you get I don't need that on a Sunday <laughs> no, no you don't know too much other stuff to deal with right you just briefly said it about, about Darren Moore. So he has put himself in fair play, of course, and he, and he should be in with a shout, potentially, of taking over full-time. So looking at the betting at the moment and the market, Darren Moore is, is four to one second favourite as we speak. Oh, maybe third favourite. Dean Smith is the tentative bookies' favourite, six to four with Bet Victor. Mick McCarthy in there as well, and Derek McInnes. So, so those are the four that kind of separated themselves for, from others. Where do you see these? Do you think these these are the four people who should be at the forefront of, of, of people's minds, or would you have someone else? Um, I think with Darren Moore, we'll start with let's start with uh, Moore because I think he he he's not being considered for the job at the moment. But if he wins the last three games, yeah, I think he will be. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's going to get the job, sure, but he'll be he will be considered. Yeah. You know, you've got to remember he is constantly refused to say whether he wants it or mm-hmm. not. Um, so we don't know whether he does. Um, you've got to remember that whilst he's a fantastic galvanising character who has got the best out of this squad um, and done it in tricky circumstances, it is only three games. Yeah. And this summer, we're going to have to deal with a really tricky period in the club's history where we have to deal with other clubs coming and poaching our best players. Mm-hmm. We've got to go then and then sign 
other players, identify those targets, sign them, yeah. and rebuild the, the team. And rebuild a team that actually not only challenges for promotion next season, but do, does it playing some nice football as mm-hmm. well. Now, Moore's only been a first-team coach for a few months. He's got no experience of doing that. Yeah. Now, if we were an established... Say we were an established Premier League side, um, and for whatever reason he was caretaker boss... Um, um, and you know we stayed up and kept all our players. I think there would be more more of an argument, yeah, um, for keeping him. Mm. But he doesn't have any experience doing doing this part of the job. Yeah, he's great on the training field. He's great at you know being a coach and getting the best out of players. But he doesn't have that sort of you know that uh, experience in the in the, in the market. Mm-hmm. So that's my concern on that. On that. Mm. Now I personally think he should be a coach, not a number two. Well, a number two if, if if he can. Okay. An assistant or a first team coach. Mm-hmm next season and he should be groomed for the full-time role um, down the line okay you know you can see a situation where we are in the championship we don't go up in the first two occasions maybe we end up being a mid-table championship club for a few years and then maybe it's time okay let's build something here and let's give it to mm-hmm, him because mm-hmm. he's got the backing of the fans yeah he's been he's been in the position for more than a few months you've got to remember he's only been a first team coach for a few months i know he's bit worked with youth team at youth team level yeah and that's probably helped him at this because sure. he's he's he is you look at the way Matt Phillips played at the weekend, it was obvious that that Moro's had a word with him and, and got the best out of him. Yeah. So his man management skills, I don't think, I think are, are, have been proven to be exemplary mm-hmm. in the last mm-hmm. few mm-hmm. weeks. And he definitely needs to be around the squad next season, especially if it's the squad, if we keep quite a few of these players and they'll have that, that positive impact, you know, they'll have that positive memory of, yeah. of Darren's time as yeah. caretaker and he could be a positive influence on them next season. It could all sort of, Keep going, if you got know you, what I mean. You, but I don't think he's ready for the full-time job. Okay, it's three games, mm-hmm. and yes, they've been good, but they haven't. They've they've drawn two of them. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, it. look, he's done a great job. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he's ready as, as of yet. But that doesn't mean that he shouldn't be, um, you know, around the place and groomed to be a, 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 a manager further down the line. And listen, if they win the next three, then yeah. Absolutely. I mean, why not? Because yeah. I, there comes a point where Jim actually, no, I mean, his stock is up there, though, isn't it? Which is absolutely exactly. And he's and he's doing himself. You know, you know if if he wins the next three, then you, mm-hmm. you, you maybe you change your mind and you think, okay, hang about. Mm-hmm. Maybe he has got the ability. If we appoint the right technical director sure, yeah, to yeah. help him through this summer, mm-hmm. then why not? Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think at the moment it's three games. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. He's done a great job, but you know we do have to think well. How much of it is him, mm-hmm. and how much of it was Pardew? Bit, sure. You know, just just the the exit, Pardew's exit, because it was obvious that he was having a bad impact on the club um, and on the squad. So um, I think Moore deserves a lot of credit because I think other people could have come in and, and not have the same galvanising mm-hmm. effect he has because of his character. But I don't think um, he did, he should get the job full time in the summer. That's my own personal opinion. Every fan will have their own. Okay. I've seen some quite. Um, strong arguments to, as to why he should get the job actually mm-hmm. from some fans so yeah there, there is an argument for that Dean Smith yes I've already written a comment piece about Dean Smith I think he'd be a good appointment because he's got championship experience um, with Brentford I think he's ready to step up now to, to the Albion um, and you need to know you need to know the league the championship yeah. don't you it is a grind and, and people you know that, that he needs to have a manager who knows exactly what to get out of the players he lost his three best players in deadline day uh, in the summer and mm-hmm. they had a slow start to the season yeah. and now they're a point off the playoffs, I yeah, think. A couple of points, yeah. Maybe, yeah. or that. Well, I mean, that's a fantastic achievement. Mm. And if they sneak into the playoffs, he's done a fantastic job. 
Uh, Mick McCarthy, that won't happen, mm-hmm. I don't believe. No. Derek McInnes, he would love the job. Um, I'm sure he would. You'd rather have someone like Smith who's been in the championship. I'd, I'd personally, I look, I, I, I'd, I'd get on board with a McInnes appointment. I'd get on board with that. Yeah. Because it would be the similar to sort of Darren Moore. It would rejuvenate the club. It would people would get on board with it. Mm. But I think, personally, I think Dean Smith is a stronger candidate just because he's got that championship experience. There's a few outsiders: Appleton, Cliver, Allardyce. Talk. Allardyce, Cliver, Allardyce. Allardyce, no Allardyce won't be coming. But um, is there anyone from from the outsiders who you think you know? Maybe there's an outside chance there. You can see as a bit of a dark horse. Well, it depends. I mean, Paul Cook, that's an interesting one. I, don't, I can't see him leaving Wigan, but he might do. Um, Gary Megson? No, that I, that won't happen with Mark Jenkins at the club. Okay. Um, yeah, that won't happen. <laughs> uh, they, those two don't, don't see eye to eye. Yeah. Nigel Pearson's an interesting one mm. because... I, Been out of the game for a long time, hasn't he? Well, for him. Well, he's... He's actually managing a Belgian second tier side at the moment. He's been out of England for a couple of years. Mm. I think it would be. I don't think it would be a wise idea. He's actually the pick of all the uh, former, a lot of the former players. To be honest, they they think okay. he would have. He's a sort of strong character you'd need to he's definitely a strong to, character to uh, you know um, deal with the, what's going to be a tricky summer. Yeah. But I I personally don't think that would that is the way they should go. I think he's quite it can be quite a divisive character. I think what we've seen mm-hmm. this season is rather than um, uh, rather than go for um, somebody who is uh, how should I put it? You know, hard hard nosed and a bit divisive. Yeah. Someone like Darren Moore who who is. Okay, he's strong and, mm. and he's you know he he's, he's, he he makes the t- tough decisions, but he's not he's a lovely, controversial. He's a lovely bloke, yeah, and he gets the best out of footballers who, let's be honest, at the, at, in this day and age, yeah. it's a different game to the seventies sure. when when you know it was school of hard knocks. Mm-hmm. These are footballers need to be built up confidence wise, and, and they are fragile, and that's exactly what you say. Yeah. Down and most done is just give them a bit more confidence, and give say, them a bit more confidence, pat on the back. Yeah, absolutely, take the pressure off them, mm. all that. Yeah. So, mm. okay, we've got some questions then. So let's get through them uh, as best we can. Kieran at WBA Kiz, um, Matt, what games can you pinpoint as the most costly points dropped? I think Watford at home, right? Yeah, and Newcastle at home, maybe. I mean, I think if we'd beaten Watford at home. And we were probably on our way. Mm-hmm. Stoke at home as well. I mean, if we'd won that, that'd been four ga- four games winning, four winning games at the start of the season, three in the league. I, I think when you throw away two goal leads at home, you know, alarm bells are ringing. Mm-hmm. And they did that twice in the, in the first half of the season, and it's just set them on a really, really bad uh, run of form, and um, it just absolutely smashed their confidence to pieces. Sure. I think those two games are probably the, the, the standout ones. Um, one more question. He says, do you think uh, part of the problem is the players believe the too-good-to-go-down rhetoric? Um, I'm not sure about the players. Maybe. Maybe the players thought that. Cause, but the thing is, when you speak to the players, I mean, a lot of them say, you know, without being disrespectful to the fans, we we just, we, we you know, our first aim is 40 points. It mm. always has to be. Mm. Um, you know, there was... An argument last season that the the fans wanted something a bit more, a bit more ambitious. Mm. Um, but I think actually those inside the club were still focused on forty points. Yeah, still 
still going going for that 40 point mark first and foremost so I know I don't think the players mm-hmm. thought they were too good to go down mm-hmm. um, I think um, I don't even think the, I don't know whether the club thought they were too good to go down I mean I think they thought Pardew would have a much better impact than he did mm. um, and obviously that was a disaster yeah um, we'll be seeing him for a while wouldn't have thought anyway I mean maybe there, maybe maybe there is an argument that the board thought they were too good to go down okay potentially mm. um that okay, this is a this is a great squad. We just need somebody to, to free it up, mm. and that's what Pardew will do. Um, but the problem is he freed it up and left loads of spaces in behind, and they will be just unorganised. And yeah, um, Ben Foster gave a really interesting interview in the program actually on Saturday, and he basically said, "Look, we, you know, Darren, Darren Moore has taken us back to this back to basics approach. We're organised, we're solid. Alan Pardew tried to change it too quickly, mm. too much." And I agree with that. I think he tried to make them too attacking and, and the squad wasn't ready for it. And the players who had played this way for years, really, weren't ready for it. Question from uh, Nathan Judah that just popped into his head here. Do you think the owners, the Chinese owners, need to become be seen around the club a, little, a lot more next season and maybe have a bit more interaction with the fans and, and give some interviews and not just say, here's a free pint and here's a token this and that and, and you know, show that they're invested in, in this for, for the long term and for the long haul. I do, I do. And I, I think we're seeing the first signs of that, actually, um, with um, uh, Mr. Lee, who is the, on the board of directors, coming over for these meetings with Mark Jenkins and, and Mark Jenkins going over to China as well. They're having a bit more of a say... Um, we expect Mr. Lee to be named chairman in the summer, probably. Right. He's at, at the moment that 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 is the plan. It might change, mm-hmm. but I think there is a. I think there is an. I think they have realised that actually being absent owners didn't work. You know, they they left it all up to John Williams and Martin Goodman, who were supposed to be experienced mm-hmm. and, and, and 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 with British know-how, and it didn't work. So they want a bit more of a say. You know, Terraneo, this new technical consultant, is reportedly. Um, an appointment made from made with the direction of China, so mm-hmm. you know they're having more of a say um, by all accounts. Um, whether they continue to do that and how far that goes remains to be seen, and we'll, we'll probably get a better idea over the summer about you know mm. on certain appointments such as technical director and head coach whether the Chinese are, are having as much of a say as uh, uh, or, or more of a say than they mm. were previously. Because I mean, doing doing Albion and, and doing Wolves, I think there's a likeness. To Wolves last season with Jeff She wasn't in and around. He was maybe the odd, the odd game, you know, here and there, and then flying back to China, flirting with relegation. Wolves. Now he's come across this year, chairman. He's even if he's around the club, he's you know he's, he's there full time and reporting back from what he's seeing. And, and you know, all of a sudden the, the changing in managerial appointments has stopped. Potentially the same could happen with, with Albion. Yeah, it's just I, a body intent, someone you can interact yeah, on a day to day basis. Mister Mister Lee will probably be that. Guachon mm. Lai, the owner. His, his English isn't very good, and mm-hmm. he and he is, um, you know, he's got all of his other business ventures in, in Shanghai. He needs to look after, so he he will probably stay there. But yeah, Mister Lee's based in Sweden, mm-hmm. um, and he might, you know, if he becomes chairman, I imagine he'll move over. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see what happens there because John Williams was was, was almost part time. He, yeah. he he worked, um, you know, half the week. Came in Thursday, Friday, did the games Saturday. So. You know, it'll be interesting to see what happens next season on that one. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think they do need to have more. I think they do need to have a, a, a bigger presence. And I think they do need to 
as you say, step up and, and make some make some uh, statements, and, mm. and you know, we'll give see. an exclusive interview to Mr. Matt Wilson. Would Absolutely. be nice. That would be that's, nice. The, that's the first thing he needs to do. Right, Jordan Beckley with a massive rebuilding job in the summer and a shorter window to do business due to the World Cup. Do you think we will see plenty of relatively unknown signings moving away from the safe British orientated recruitment policy that has been implemented in recent seasons? <gasps> well, I hope so. Yes, I, I, I do hope so in a in a way because. Mm-hmm. There's two ways of looking at this, aren't there? I mean, in the championship, you you might feel like you need championship know-how and championship experience, and actually mm-hmm. taking a punt on a on um, a uh, somebody without that, yeah, um, is is a bad idea. Um, or you can think, well, we went with you know British Premier League experience this season. Look where it got us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not very far. Sure. I think Albion were at their best in recent years when they when they went for young. And hungry players who who felt like playing for West Brom was the pinnacle of their career. You know, players like Jonas Olsen and, mm-hmm. and uh, to a lesser extent like Paul Sharner, people mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Who Gira, yeah, players who gave it their all mm-hmm. every game mm-hmm. because they were in the Premier League sure, sure, sure. and they were playing for West Brom. Yeah, and it was the best. It was you know this is the top of their game. Yeah, what we've done recently is gone for uh, players who have dropped down from um, you know clubs further up the table. Gareth Barry, Johnny Evans, Nasser Chadley. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, Evans. No, that's a good point. Evans has been fantastic. Yeah, no, I know what for you're two saying. seasons, yeah, and, yeah. and I think this season there's been extenuating circumstances to what's happened. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, Krakowiak as well, to, to, you know, from PSG, um, there are quite a few players who have come from so-called bigger clubs mm-hmm. and not performed to their uh, the best of their abilities. Sure. And not not hit the reputation that they that they came with. Um, so I think we need to go for the young, hungry, um, almost upstarts. You know, people who, wow, I'm playing for West Brom. This is fantastic. Mm. I'm going to give it absolutely everything. Okay, good stuff. Okay, David Neal and, and Tom WBA kind of asked the same point um, question. Who do you think is more likely to stay alongside Foster and Brunt for next season? Oh, good question. Um, it's difficult to predict because. You know, the, the lure of the Premier League is great for a number of reasons. Um, and some of those some of those sort of Albion players that you would expect to stay because they love the club, you know, I'm talking about Gareth McCauley, Claudio, yeah. Claudio Jacob, um, those sort of players, they're out of contract. Yes. And, you know, it depends on if the head coach, who the head coach is and whether he, whether he wants to keep them. Mm. So each case is different. Um I'll be really interested to see what happens with with players like Craig Dawson. You know, there will be there will be interest in him. Jay Rodriguez, Solomon Rondon, there will be interest in these players. Yeah, but they're all sort of they all they all fight they're all fighters. Those three. Mm. Um, I wonder I wonder what will happen. You know, Jake Livermore. I'd imagine someone will come in for him. Um, if he goes to the World Cup, you'd have thought. Which Gareth Southgate's kind of hinting that he's staying true to his squad, isn't he, and the people around him. Yeah, I mean, if he's an England international, yeah, uh, yeah. and. For him personally, and I suppose the same for Rodriguez. Mm. If you've got ambitions of playing for England, mm. and someone comes and offers you a Premier League club, yeah, you you, yeah, you probably it's will tough. go. Mm. It's it's tough. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting summer. 
Um, Oliver Burke, you'd have thought, would be someone who'd be. I think Burke will stay. Stay. I think Burke will stay. I think um, you're not going to get that money back anyway. You're going to take a loss. So why no, would you? No, I think you know? Burke will stay. No, he needs be, it. I think, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he needs a, a run of games in the championship, and uh, you know he's, he struggles at this level. Mm. Although he did well off the bench mm. um, on Saturday. Um, you know, I think it's like Sam Field will stay. Um, Kieran Gibbs. I don't imagine Gibbs will stay. No. Um, I think he'll probably go. Um, just because of wages, you think, or because I mean, obviously, he's signing. I just think, I just think he, I just think he's he's a good left back. Yeah. And look, he's probably been playing about eighty percent this season. He'd rather have Nyam there. Um, but he's a good left back, and you know, he, someone will, someone will take him. Yeah. Um, Neon, I think, will stay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's actually been quite good in the last few weeks okay. under Darren Moore. I think he's improved. Um, benefits from playing in his actual position rather than right midfield or left back, yeah. like he was on the Pardew. But yeah. Yeah. I think Neil Neil will stay. Um, who else is there? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens to Jakob. Mm. That that's an interesting one because mm. he might want to go home, uh, back to Argentina. Or then he could be started there, could he? If all the other midfielders go, then he's going to be yeah, well, him could, and some field really. Well, could Kobiak will go? Will Livermore go? I don't know. Um, yeah, he could he could end up being first choice. But it was I think he'll certainly be a useful squad player. Oh, for sure. If he did stay. Um, can be a busy summer. It's, yeah, so it's going to be an intriguing summer. Yeah, I'll probably see what the aspirations are and what they expect. I would have thought from the, the moves they make. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if there's any sort of um, if there's any sort of negotiations where Albin don't want to sell. You know, so you can mm. imagine someone like uh, Rodriguez. You know, mm. oh, we don't want to sell him actually. Mm. Mm. Um, and if he hasn't got a release clause, then sure. he's your player. You don't, yeah, you don't yeah, have to sell yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. They've got the parachute payments, uh-huh. and they're probably going to make money on some other players. So it could be interesting. could be a lot of uh, brinkmanship going on as well. Mm, interesting. Okay, good stuff. Anyone um, who you would like to, to have at the club next year or the type of player um, who, who you think Albion you know, should should look at with the, the skill set in the championship? Well, they need. I think they need a creative player because Chadley will, Chadley will probably go um, and Morrison's injury looks doesn't look like clearing up anytime soon. So he might he could well go. So they need a creative midfielder. That mm. much is clear. Yeah. Um, you know, Jake Livermore has been doing a an okay job in the last few games, mm. but he's not a creative midfielder. Sure, sure. Bless him, you know that's, that's not his game. But he's been he's been supporting the strikers quite well. Um, but they need that little schema. They need someone like that just to um, you know create create um, chances for the for the for the strikers mm. um, because it's a long old season in the championship. You need to score. You need to score a lot of goals. Yeah. And they you need, need a decent squad depth as well. There's yeah. a, lot of, a lot of games, a lot need, of cups. You need midfielders to chip in, and not enough of our midfielders have chipped in this yeah. season. So, yeah, they need they need a schema in 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 the number ten role, uh, creative midfielder. They need probably an, you could argue a box to box midfielder as well, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unless Sam Field can do that role, maybe. Um, I think they need a goalkeeper, a sec, um, a young goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. And depending on how many defenders get sold, they need they're going to need a centre back as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because course, yeah. if Evans goes and, yeah. and Dawson goes, uh-huh. they're going to need a centre back. Although I'm quite intrigued by uh, Jack Fitzwater doing yeah. doing yeah. really well down at Warsaw. Yeah, absolutely, doing really well. Joe Massey, the Warsaw reporter here, tells me he's the he's their best player yeah. of the second half of the season. And you know, League One, he'll be stepping up one division. Yeah, he's probably ready for it. Maybe yeah. if he's if he's if he's done as well as he has in League sure. One. Um, he's 20 years old. You never know, he could be in the team next year. Um, so I'm intrigued by that one. Okay, good stuff, right. Okay, thank you very much for all your questions. Keep them coming in, right. Saturday, Newcastle away. We're in, we're in must-win territory now, Matt. 
Yeah, they don't win the down. Yeah. Um, regardless of what Swansea mm-hmm. do. So is this going to be a crazy open game and they're just going to flood forward and try and score as many goals as possible, or is it going to be a bit of cat and mouse and try and grab get them on the break second half? No, it's going to be two very well organised and very <laughs> drilled teams take uh, having it. Having a, a quite a tense battle, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, Albion have been organised under Darren Moore. That's that's been his hallmark. Mm-hmm. He's got them back to basics. Um, Rafa Benitez has got Newcastle well drilled. I mean, the job he's done there is absolutely fantastic. And you know, he's up there with Sean Dyche and Guardiola. Really, is manager of the season. So um, yeah, it's going to be a, a, a tense tactical battle. I think of two teams playing similar systems. Yeah. Um, slogging it out um, could be a good game though because mm. you know Newcastle are, can maybe let let themselves off the leash because they're safe. Yeah. So they they might be a bit more adventurous, a bit more gung ho. They're at mm. home as well against mm. the bottom club. They might they might be a bit more. Uh, the chances, they yeah. might they might go for it and then that could leave spaces in behind for Albion to break. So that it could be quite a fun game actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Albion are down, aren't they? So it'll be it'd be great if they could win um, to keep. Uh, Darren Moore's unbeaten record going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm just not looking forward to the drive, to be honest. No, the drive's not great, mate, to be honest. Stadium's beautiful. Drive's not great. Unless it rains where you've got um, a laptop situation, you've got no covers, and it's all coming in on this person. It's not, it's not pretty. It's oh, not yeah. pretty. You've been I've, there. I've been, been there. Before, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are, you, are you going? Uh, Mr. Luke Hatfield will be with you on oh, Saturday. Okay. Yeah, on Saturday, yes. Um, prediction. Prediction. 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. I'm going to go for... Uh, Cheeky 1-0 Albion win, I reckon. Let's, let's keep this going. Swansea lose, keep on losing. Let's, let's get it down to the last two games. Could be interesting. Fair enough. Never know. Okay, yes. Uh, like I said, uh, Luke and Matt will be there. St. James's Park on Saturday. From all of us here, fingers crossed, three points. Let's keep this going. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>